here. If you're, you're online, it's great to, to have you joining in with us as well. And we hope you've had a, a great time uh, worshipping uh, with us wherever you are. And uh, this morning, wanted to firstly remind us that we're in a, in a series, First Things First. Who was here last week for Pastor Dean's message? Uh, if, you, if you haven't heard that, let me encourage you to go. Uh, the, the beauty of uh, the world we live in is you can go to YouTube now and you can, you can look that up. And I encourage you to have a listen. One, it frames the next few weeks of this series really well. But also, it's just a, a great message to, to get a hold of, grab a hold of, and, and implement in your life. And we hope that through this series, as we look at this concept of first things first, putting our priorities into place, making sure our, our, our habits and the rhythms of our life are, are centered around God and who He is. And I know that in my life, that's what I want to do, I want to achieve, I want to have God in the first place. I want to make sure my habits are built around who He is and, and the rhythm of my life to reflect that. What I do realize is that for me, and I don't know if I'm alone in this, that's a challenge. Uh, you know, making sure that uh, there's so many things in our world, I guess, screaming the opposite of that, uh, to distract us from that, to, to pull us away from making sure we've got the first things first. That, that it's not as simple as just kind of saying it. It's something that we've got to live out in this place. And we hope that through this series, and uh, also just to mention straight off the, the bat as well, out at our Connect Lounge, you will be able to find a, a book called Rhythm and Flow. If you haven't uh, read that, um, Dina, our senior pastor, wrote that out of a series that we, we did a year ago. Uh, bit over a year, maybe? Yeah, about a year ago. But to, just to grab that resource and, and read it, it is incredibly helpful when it comes to going, if, if I want God to be first in my life, if I want to prioritize Him and I, I want to do more than just say that, uh, but I actually practically want to be able to live it out, grab a, grab a copy of that, read it. It'll, it'll be so helpful uh, for you. It's, it's not very expensive either. So you can grab that and uh, have a read of it. It'll be good. But we're going to look at a, a passage today in, in Matthew 6, nine verses, uh, from the wisdom of Jesus, and we're going to start with a few of them here, and they'll be up on the screen there. But it says this, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more important and valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. It's a lot in those few verses, and we're just going to spend a little bit of time just unpacking that and, and what, it, what it means to, to us. Obviously, it had very clear meaning to the, the disciples and the people that Jesus were talking to. But what I love about Scripture is that it's, it's always a timeless principle, that, that it might look different uh, today than it looked all those years ago when Jesus was talking, but the principle kind of remains the same. And what we want to do is, is look at these verses and go, what's the principle of what Jesus is talking about here? And how do we throw that into our lives today? Because sometimes we can read it these verses and go, well, that was good for then, but it's so different now. But the reality is the principle of Jesus' teaching is as relevant uh, when he was saying it then as, as he is as we read it today. And so we just want to kind of unpack that. But I thought I'd just ask a question. Is anyone actually worried this week at all? Like, I'm going to put two hands up because I, I did a fair bit of worrying. Uh, and then I realized I was preaching on worrying. And so then I worried a little bit more. Uh, 
about what might come out of myself. Uh, the reality is we all have worries, we all have stresses, we all have things that go on in our lives that will cause us concern, that might keep us up at night. And the reality of what Jesus is speaking here, the other word that kind of gets used in some of the translations is do not be anxious about anything. A bit more familiar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's okay to kind of have concerns in life. I, I love that it doesn't say don't care about what you eat, don't care about what you wear, don't, don't care about what you drink, don't care about your life. Jesus doesn't use that word, does he? He says don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you drink. Don't worry about what you wear. Don't be anxious about it is what Jesus is getting at. And I look at it here and the, the translation of that, that worry, anxious word in there, it says to be over-concerned about. See, the reality is we, we can become over-concerned about the things in our life and it can become all-consuming. Anybody have been like up at night worried about money before? Like I know I've done that. Like, where, you know, how am I going to pay my water bill this month? No retick for anyone. You know, like, you know, you've all seen that meme before with the dad being like, the light switch has been left on again. I'm never going to financially recover from this. You know, the reality is there are all these things that keep us awake at night. And Jesus is trying to teach us that we don't need to be over-concerned about these things. Do we need to care about them? Yes. But don't be over-concerned. And there's three things that he kind of refers to if we've read in here. It's food, it's drink, and it's clothing. And back then, the, the reality of being worried about food was some of the disciples were fishermen, right, before they became disciples. Literally, that fish was their next meal. So to say, don't worry about what you'll eat, some of these guys are going, if we don't catch anything today, we don't actually eat, like there's nothing. Like if our, if our crops don't grow, we're in trouble here. The idea of uh, drink back then was that often you would drink water and on a special occasion, you might drink wine. And the, the reality of going, don't, you know, if you were having a wedding in that culture and you didn't have wine, it would be like embarrassing. And, you know, we've all seen the miracle and the significance of Jesus turning water into wine. The reality is, is there could be great worry about what you're going to drink and clothing. You know, I don't think you could just go down to Culture Kings and pick up, you know, some new threads or Kmart or wherever, wherever you buy your clothes from. Did anyone, side note, see that tennis player, like, playing a Kmart shirt? That was the best thing I've ever seen. His clothes didn't arrive from his sponsor in time and he took on some great world number something and beat him in a Kmart t-shirt. And they're all like, where's your branding? He's like, six bucks from Kmart. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Just the lighter side of life. Not worried about, his, not worried about keeping the sponsors happy, clearly. <laughs> but, and they're not worried about keeping him happy. But when we think about what this could mean to us today, you know, the reality is most of us will go home and have something in the fridge. Most of us can go out to 115 today and we'll be able to get a coffee or a, a tea or a juice uh, kind of on the way out. And the reality is I'm thankful today, and I'm sure you're thankful, I'm clothed, you're clothed. <laughs> Probably if we go through our cupboards, there's a few too many clothes for some of us. Maybe a few too many shoes. Maybe I'm just talking to me. <laughs> but the reality is this, this idea of worrying about basics, worrying about pleasure, worrying about what we look like, what our lives look like. You know, I was on Instagram, I don't know if anyone else has Instagram, I was on Instagram, and it's amazing how much my thread is full of Clothes, food. Why do people take photos of their food? I don't know. <laughs> and beverages. And I thought I'd just use this as an example. All three of these, well, two of these appeared in mine and one in someone else's. But let's have, can we have a, a quick look at these? These. This is out of my Instagram. I thought I'd keep this as well, this little uh, K 
caption, roses are red, these shoes are too. Hit the link in the bio, this fit is for you. I don't even like red shoes and I'm automatically like, I, I, I probably should just buy those, look at them. <laughs> this one, from Organic Avenue. Do you know this juice is the most expensive juice in the world? I've been told, I don't know, because I, I don't drink juice, but $600 for a juice. I kid you not. But it is organic, so it's probably good for you. Who has $600 to burn on a juice? I don't know. And then and this last one. This is my good friend, Tom. He's a photo photographer. I don't reckon if I ever tried to cook anything like that, it would turn out looking that nice. You know? I'm like, anyone see photos and then you try and replicate it in the kitchen? Like, that does not look like... That does not look like the photo. The reality is where we use these threads to show the very best of our lives. To, to sometimes, not intentionally, but to be like, look at me and we can look at what other people have and it can make us go, oh, suddenly what I have doesn't feel so good. Like these white shoes I have aren't red. Maybe I need to get the red version. I need to try that restaurant. Look at that, that photo. And there's nothing wrong with having these things. Jesus actually says that the birds don't worry about their food, they just go get it. There's not this over-concern that comes. You know, a few weeks ago, we, we went into lockdown for five days. Does anyone remember that? Does anyone remember where they were when that happened? In a restaurant? I was in church and my wife Zoe messaged me saying, Mark McGowan's about to make a press statement. I'm like, this can't be good. And at the same time, I'd kind of promised to pick up some shoes for a friend from the shop. And so I was actually in the shops watching the press conference saying we're going into a lockdown. Now, my first instinct probably should have been, hey, Zoe, are we okay for like supplies at home? I'm in the shops. It hasn't been announced yet. People are kind of, we're all just kind of standing around with our phones. My natural instinct was to run. So I grabbed the shoes, click and collect, ran to my car, got in and drove home as fast as I could. And what I noticed as I was driving out, Speed limit as fast as I can, you know, like not saying, not saying speeding. But as I was trying to get out of the shopping center, it was banked up already, like outside of people trying to get in. Like there's people fighting over my parking spot. We got a, a young guy in our church called uh, Jaden McLean and he went viral on TikTok. I don't know if anyone had seen this. I kid you not. Can we just show this video first? That video, I just looked post-service, so it might have changed since then, has 326,000 views. I reckon 26,000 probably me, because I thought it was so funny. In fact, the, the hard-working little Woolworths lad is Dino, uh, and he's part of our church, he's actually on our camera team. So when he says, I've never worked this hard in a Woolworths before, uh, Daniel, the guy that runs our media department, he's worked Dino harder than that, clearly. He didn't say I've never worked that hard in my life before, but... You look at that, and I think the appeal why that's got 326,000 views is because it's ridiculous. Does anyone kind of agree? Like, it's, it's ridiculous that that occurred. Yet, how many of us bolted to the shops because we may not have been able to get anything for five days? Yet, they're clearly saying, don't worry, the supermarkets will be open tomorrow. And people are like, no, I can't take the risk. <laughs> I gotta go. Someone in my family was like, I don't have any food in my fridge. I literally won't live if I don't go to the shops today. And they're in the line for two hours to just get some basic supplies. Yet you go back the next day and the sh shelves were full. 
Heaven forbid we run out of toilet paper, quick! It seems so ridiculous, but it's how we live our lives. And it's a, a great illustration. You can look at that and go, man, people are crazy. Like, I reckon we're all just that little bit crazy because many of us would have been there. And it's not to judge you if you were there. Like, we were at the end of our shopping run as well and probably should have gone, but I was like, I'm not facing those lines. No way. The reality is we get so worried, so over-concerned with the basics of life. Do I have enough? What's this next thing that's going to make me happy? What have other people got? How does that compare to me? And we live in this spiral of making the priority stuff, worrying about the basics, being over-concerned about the basics. When Jesus says in here, don't worry about it. Don't be over-concerned about it. He's not saying don't care, don't go to work, don't worry about it. She'll be right, mate. He's not saying that. He's saying don't be over-concerned with all of these things in your life. Because if you trust me, I'll take care of it. And ultimately what he's talking about here and what he's saying is that we as a people have trust issues. We have trust issues. If we're anxious about anything, it says don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about your life. I don't know about you, when I stay awake at night worried about stuff, I don't gain any time back from that. I just wake up more tired. Maybe just even more stressed than wound out about it because I'm, I'm worrying about something I can't control. It's a trust factor. It's a faith factor. Do we trust God that he will supply for us what we need? That if we apply ourselves and work hard, that the money that we earn will be enough? That the life that we're building for ourselves, if, if he is truly first will be enough. It's a trust issue. You know, I have two, two small kids. One's five, one's two. And, uh, you know, they don't worry about, like, where their ne next meal's coming from. Like, I've never heard my five-year-old son go, oh, I'm really concerned that I might not eat tonight, Dad. What are we going to do? He's more concerned about what he's going to eat. Like, are you going to make me eat that cereal? <laughs> I've never heard... My daughter be like, do we have enough money for the week? Um, just the hands out, Dad. Come on. My five-year-old son, actually, he hoards money. <laughs> like, he collects money that he gets given. I'm like, here's your... And we take him to spend his pocket money, and he spends my money, not his. So somehow, he goes into the shops with $15 to buy a toy, and he walks out with the toy and $15 in his pocket. <laughs> and I walk out $15 lighter than what I walked with $30, because we probably gave him the 15 in the first place. There's no concern for them about any of these things. They know the basics are taken care of. They know if they want a toy, they're probably going to get it, even though they shouldn't. Because we love to bless our kids, sometimes too much. Isn't it true, though, that little kids don't wake up anxious about much? But at some point, you know, the first thing that I reckon they're going to become anxious about is the clothes that they wear. Do my shoes stack up with the shoes of the other kid? There's this worry got to have, got to have. But at some point along the way, we, we develop the own, the, our own things that we worry about. Does that make sense? And I get the picture that I get here of, of what, what Jesus is saying is, be like those little kids. Just don't worry about it. Trust me with your life. At some point, they're not going to trust me with their life and they're going to have to work this out themselves. But I love the simplicity of like, they wake up in the morning and be like, can I have some cereal? They know there's cereal in the cupboard. They know that they've, they've got clothes that they can wear. They know that their needs are provided for. 
they have a really uh, bad idea of what the economy really looks like, and I'm looking forward to them learning that. But the reality is there's a great trust. And that is the picture for us today, is do we truly trust that God will take care of it? He's not saying it's going to fall in your lap. He's not saying don't go to work. He's not saying don't go out of the house without clothes and they'll magically appear. Please don't do that. (laughs) The reality is we still need to buy clothes. We still need to put them on. We still need to go to the shops. We still need to go to work. We still need to live our life. But do we trust that the good things that we have will come from God? Do we trust that without looking at what everybody else has, that I have enough because my life is centered around who God is? and what he's put in my lap, and what he's blessed me with, and and the life that I'm building is going to be enough for me and my family without worrying about anybody else and what they have. Do you know what? Someone's always going to have a bigger house. Someone's always going to have a better car. You might have the best car right now, but there'll be a new one soon. The reality is if we compare, we're always going to feel like we don't have enough. But can we look at what we have and trust that God has put it in our hands and do the very best with it that we can? And not neglect what we've been given. Not neglect the good things that God has entrusted us and blessed us with. To focus on what we don't have. Over-concern. Worry. It's, it's a priority issue. Do we prioritize God or do we prioritize all the things that we can't really control? We've got to prioritize Him. Goes on a, a little bit more and these closing verses here, and this is the answer for us, really. If we're not going to worry about that, what do we do? It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Saying the solution is, don't seek after that stuff. Seek after me. Don't stress about tomorrow, because today has enough going on. There's one of the translations that says, today's sufficient for itself. Meaning there's enough going on today that we don't need to worry about tomorrow. Yes, plan. Just don't be over-anxious about tomorrow. It's not saying just, oh, I'll wake up and check my calendar. It's okay to plan. It's okay to budget. It's okay to do all of those things. But are you at the center of your life, or is it the center of your life seeking God first? There's an action to seeking. Seeking is an action word. It requires doing. When you translate it out of here, it's desire, locate, find. Seek after, find me, desire me, Jesus says. And tomorrow will, funnily enough, take care of itself. Seek me today, and your tomorrow will be better. Seek me today, and you'll have the answers for tomorrow. Desire after me and you'll put the first thing first and the other things will work themselves out. As I mentioned before, they're getting a a good working over this morning. Got two kids. And you know, sometimes it's really easy to come home at the end of the day or or be home on the weekend and just be tired and kind of not want to do much. And quite often, you know, my kids will be like, hey, can you you play with me? I'll be like, yeah, from the couch. You know, (laughs) like, let's build something down here and and I'll, I'll lay here with the footy on and I'll... I'll play, you know, quality time. But every now and again, they'll be like, can you play hide and seek with me? And I'm like, oh, no, like, go hide. <laughs> One, two. They're like, you're not coming. I'm, like, I'm still counting, you know. Or I'll go hide, you know, somewhere real good and have a sleep. 
They'll never find me in, in the garage with the door locked. But <laughs> to actually play hide and seek, probably for me, is the one that requires like, the, the most energy. Because I'm like, I actually have to put thought into where I'm going to hide. So then do it. I have to like, then they want to hide. Then I got to go find. I actually have to get up and go find them. It's actually an activity. I'd actually much rather keep the football. I'd just bomb it long and then make them bring it back. You know, like, it seems easier. But it's just, yeah, fetch, someone said. That's correct. That is correct. But they're enjoying it, so it's fine. But the great reality is to play hide and seek with these kids requires energy. Worrying takes energy. Seeking God takes energy. It actually takes action. Can't be passive playing hide and seek. No, if you're doing it properly. You can't be passive about seeking God. If we're saying seeking God is the first thing first, it's going to require action. It requires sacrifice. It requires energy. It requires our time. It requires our best. And I think so often in my life, I spend more of my best time worrying about stuff I can't control, thinking about things that may or may not happen, rather than what's right in front of me and spending time seeking after God. The, the Passion Translation puts it so wonderful, these verses. It says, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all of these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. And tomorrow will take care of itself. I love that wording around these verses. Why? Because it shows us that there's so much action. Refuse to worry. Constantly chase after God's kingdom. And then I love that phrasing of all these less important things. Will take care of themselves. My question to you today is, what's the most important thing in your life? And you know how you'll, you'll, you'll figure out what that is. What, do you, what keeps you up at night? What do you think about when you wake up in the morning? What consumes your life, your conversations? That'll be it. And for me, if I do a really honest order in my life, I can be honest, we're all friends, right? You know, it's not always Jesus. It's not always my first thing first. But you know when I feel less worried is when it is. When I feel okay with my life is when I'm not worried about what everybody else thinks about my life. The reality is probably no one's thinking about my life. I just think they are. Or when I look at someone else and go, ah, oh, geez, look at what they've got. Why don't I have that? How much do they get paid? What car do they drive? What job do you have? All of that drives us to push for stuff that we can't even control. But yet when I seek the things of God first, and that orders my steps, I feel better about the rest of my day. I feel better about my job. I feel better about how I spend my money most of the time. I feel better about how I'm providing for my family. I feel better about the dad that I am to my kid. I feel better about my life because I feel like I've seeked God about those things. And I've allowed him to speak to me. And it orders my steps. I'm going to invite the, the team to come up as we we wrap up and I just wanted to give us a, a simple challenge today of one way that we can choose to seek God first. 
And it's pretty easy because you're all doing it right now. And it's this. It's to prioritize church on Sundays. You know, I don't know how many people would look at Sunday and go, oh, thank goodness it's just the end of the week. You know what that kind of thing does for me when I see Sunday as the end of my week? It makes me not like Monday. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, the weekend's, the weekend's over. I've got to go back to my job. Don't tell Dean. No. <laughs> That's not me. That could be someone else here. But the reality is I start looking at Monday as the first day of the week. And all the things that are going to be thrown at me. All the things that maybe I'm tempted to worry about. All the things that have to get done. You know the best first day of the week is Sunday. It's actually a biblical principle that the first day of the week in the calendar is actually Sunday. It's not the last day of the week, it's the first day of the week. And you know why we have church on Sundays? Because we want to start the week off right. We want to start the week off being centered in Jesus. That we would come together as a, as a group of people. The church has always been made together. Even in the greatest times of persecution, when the church started and it was heavily persecuted, you know what they still chose to do? Gather. They could have stayed home and read their Bible and prayed. I'm sure they did all of that stuff. But the reality is, even at the risk of losing their own life, they chose to gather. Because there is something that cannot be replaced in our lives as gathering together to worship. Have you ever tried watching, and I, I do this a bit like a church service on YouTube, like people are doing it right now, and you can get a great experience from that. But there's something so good about coming together and worshiping God with other people. There's something so good about having conversation with people after. You know, if you are gathered online today, I'd encourage you to have a conversation about this stuff in your life with whoever you're watching it with or Make someone else watch it and then talk to them about it. You know, we're not just made to walk in here and sing a few songs and listen to a guy talk for too long today and then, then go home and not think about it ever again. It's designed to be the beginning of our week that we would go, I am going to come together with a bunch of other like-minded people and I'm going to worship God. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to put Him at the center. I'm going to surrender my life to Him. I'm going to open up my time to allow God to speak to me that we would leave from this auditorium, this place, this service, encouraged in the things of God. That we all want to aspire to live our life well and do it together. But that we could hang out afterwards and we could have coffee together and that there would be conversation. That you might grab someone else and go, hey, let's just go have lunch together and talk about what it looks like to put God first. Hey, here's some of the things that I'm over-concerned about. How about you? Yeah, I'm worried about money all the time. Yeah, me too. Hey, let's, let's work together on not being so worried about that stuff. Gathering together as God's people can't be replaced with anything else. We were made to do it. And there are times where we're not going to be able to do it. I'm not saying like we're going to start taking a role. Like, Michelle, are you at church today? No, quick, let's get, like, let's find out why. That's why we have church online because there's times where that can't happen. But my challenge to you today is gathering with God's people on a Sunday, gathering for worship at the start of the week, a priority in your life. Or does it come with whatever energy you have left at the end of your week? Can I be bothered today? Do I have the time? Do I have the energy? The reality is there might be times where you don't feel like it, but you know what? You'll come here and someone else will be feeling like it. And their, their passion and energy for the things of God will rub off onto you. 
But you know what? There'll be times where you'll be here and you won't even know, but you'll have a conversation with someone or meet someone and they'll walk out and go, my life was better today because I hung out with Nick. Geez, that conversation I had with him about family just changed the whole dynamic of my life today. Geez, the worship in here, I came in feeling so down, but taking my attention off my problems and putting them onto God has, has changed the way I walk out of here and I'm different now than how I walked in. Nine very simple verses this morning, ones we've probably all heard before. I, I got them and I was like, I already know what this, this says, but as I begin to read through it, I'm like, man, there's depth in this thing. Oh, I, I know I shouldn't worry, but geez, I do. I should not be anxious about anything, but sometimes I just am. But the times where I find I have the most anxiety, the times where God is at the bottom of the priority pool. And so I want to encourage us to be a people that make Sunday our first day of the week. Prioritise gathering together. Not just being in here, but being here, being present in God's church and what He is doing. To encourage one another, to have conversations with one another. To make it a priority to go, I'm going to meet with someone in church today and when they leave, they're going to be better because they, they met me. I'm going to encourage someone today. I'm going to walk the journey of life together as we all gather around seeking God. There's something so powerful about that. And the last thing is this, just to think about this week, is to go, what are those areas in your life that are full of overconcern? Worry, anxiety. And ask yourself, do you trust God with those things? Or are you trying to control them? And I encourage you to have a conversation with people. You know what? Half the time I think my problems are only my problems and no one else would dare struggle with worrying about bills. No one worries about money. No one worries about having enough. No one worries. And the reality is probably a lot of us have that concern. And imagine we all encouraged each other to, to make good financial choices or to not be stressed out or not to worry or to, to do the, the burdensome journey that it is sometimes together. You know what pushes us to do that is, is being here and worshipping God together. You know, I love this, this song that the, the team have introduced today, Fresh Wind. Love the idea of it talking about God just pouring His Spirit out and a freshness that comes over. And when I first heard this song a few weeks ago, I, was, I didn't really think much of it. I was like, yeah, cool tune, great. And then it kind of came on again. And I was like, all right, let's have, a, let's have a listen to this. And I was like, whoa, like, that's what I think I need in my life sometimes. It's just a fresh move of God's Spirit in my life. To be able to put aside the things that aren't of Him and put Him back in the centered place. And so I'm going to ask us to, to stand. We're actually just going to sing these words again. And there's kind of two parts to this. There's the, the fresh wind, the Spirit of God moving amongst us. And my prayer would be as we're singing that, that those things of anxiety and over-concern in your life, whether you just dropped your phone and it cracked or whether you're, you're worried about tomorrow or you're, you're worried about something in your life that is going on. That you go, I'm actually thinking about more that. I'm actually seeking after those things more than I actually seek after God to reprioritize the order of your life in these moments. To make a decision to go, I am not gonna worry about this. I'm not gonna let this rob any more time from my life. And I'm gonna put it to one side and I'm gonna allow the fresh move of God's Spirit in this place today 
to push that to one side and release the burden of that on my life. I truly believe that you'll walk out of here feeling lighter than what you walked in if you make an active decision today to say, God, I trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you with what I have. And it's time to start making the first thing first. And I'm gonna seek you above all other things. And I believe by God's power today, you'll walk out of here lighter than you walked in. The other component to this is there's some lyrics and I won't get them right because they're not on the, the screen, but it talks about letting all of the redeemed praise and sing, something like that. And I believe that as we sing that, that is us joining together as God's people, that that should be our praise to God, that that should be, it doesn't matter whether I'm on the top of the mountain or in the bottom of the valley, I'm gonna choose to praise. It doesn't matter if I think I have enough, I'm gonna choose to praise. And this is why we gather. And so we're gonna sing these words, I'm gonna pray, we're gonna sing these words, the team are gonna lead us. And I hope in your heart of hearts today that you can allow a move of God to happen in your life. It's not for me to judge you, it's not for me to, to know your story, it's not for anybody else to be concerned with who's the biggest warrior, it's for you and God to go, what's in my life that's taking my attention from you? I'm gonna make a choice just to make that second and make you first and then I'm gonna live it out. Can I pray for us? Lord, I thank you. That your word clearly talks about how we can trust you with everything that we have. That we don't have to worry, we don't have to be anxious about anything in our life. But in fact, it's all we need to do is seek you and your kingdom. And so I pray as we sing these words that there would be a fresh wind of your spirit in this place. The burdens would be released, the anxiety would be released, that worry would be cast to the side and that you would be at the the centre of what happens in our lives. That we would use this moment to seek You, to make a decision to seek after You. And as we do that, as we worship You, as we praise You, as Your, your sons and daughters sing Your praises, may we take our eyes off our own lives and place them on You. Lord, we praise You, we worship You, we honour You in this place. Come on, let's sing these words together.